I think there's a real joy and pride that we should have in like making work by our people for our people or for the people. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Chai with Rai, a life and culture podcast diving into the mindset and the business of being a creative. I am your host, Rai, and each week I bring you a guest or a fruitful message from the creative industry, all while sipping and spilling some hot garam chai. Now, if you haven't done so, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. If you love this podcast and are listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, or wherever you are streaming this podcast from, if you could do me a kind favor and make sure to rate the podcast, comment and share it on your stories and social and spread the word. It organically grows the show and connects us with listeners who haven't tuned in before. And overall, as I always say, it just shares the love. Also, if you haven't done so already, you can now become a patron, aka a supporter of Chai with Rai by signing up on Patreon for £5 or as I love saying it in this accent, $5.50. Each month, your subscription will help support the show, but also get you exclusive things such as a 24-hour link to the unedited, unfiltered video version of the show before it goes live on all podcast streaming platforms, shout out in the show of your comments and of yourself, exclusive opt-ins to any of the guest projects, such as if I've had a director on and they're putting on a workshop, or if they are looking for actors or writers. Similarly, if there's a writer that is on they are doing a writing workshop i will be promoting it there i'll put the link for the patreon channel in the description of the episode so make sure to check that out however without further ado let's warm up our cuppers let me know what you're sipping on as you listen to this episode what you're doing where you're at even if you're taking a dump you know just let me know drop into my dms but without further ado let's dive into today's episode with the team and the cast of the theater show brown girls noise Tell in 30 seconds, pitch to us. I'm going to put a timer on. All right. In 30 seconds, you're going to pitch to me what your show is about. Who wants to go first? I'll go Misha. first. Oh, so, so enthusiastic about it. All right, let's go. I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock. you got 30 seconds to sell. Actually, you know what? I'm going to put 10 seconds. Am I selling it or explaining it? Because I feel like those are two different oh, things. Oh, yeah. What should we do? Sell or explain? I think explain is easier. Explain. It's sold out, love. No, but <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's true. So true. No, but you could sell it for a, a like a touring thing, or oh, like, do you guys want to take mm-hmm. it above and beyond, or do you just want it to be at Fringe and that's Ten it? Steps ahead. What do you want? Do you want it just to have a life on. after? Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, definitely. So, do we yeah. all want a life after this for the, yes. for the play or not? Really? Yeah. Yes. All right, cool. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to put 10 seconds on the clock. You're going to pitch me every single person. We'll start with Misha, Amber, Karina, and then Neetu and Kaya. 10 seconds. Pitch it for... Ooh. Should we do it at the National? For the <laughs> National or for the Royal Court? I'm going to throw in different venues. All right, Misha, you're doing it for the Royal Court. Got it? Okay. All right, I'm going to put 10 seconds in. Five, four, three, two, go. Um. So four girls meeting a at an audition for Pretty Patel's movie and we all know how Pretty Patel is so it's a very controversial topic and um, these girls uh, uh, <laughs> You explained far. it, it's a pitch it's a pitch pal I've never done a pitch before Well th- there you go Alright Amber you're up next, pitch 10 seconds you got this? In okay. five, four, three, two, go. So basically, it's a coming of age story about uh, British Asian women growing up in the UK, filled with lots of skits and a lot of comedy, lots of relatable shit, but it's loads of really cool. Check it out, you know. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, cool. I feel like that was a nice pitch to the bush. I feel like that's a bush <laughs> pitch. All right, 
Um, Karina, you're pitching it to Soho because that's our connecting thread. All right, ready? In five, four, three, two, go. A really fun, vibrant, unique story um, of four South Asian girls uh, trying to make it in this world as British Asians. And it's already sold out, so why would you not want it to be put on more? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, like, I like the fact from a strategic perspective, you said it's already sold out. That's a good thing. All right, Nithu and Kaya, who wants to go first? I can't remember the order. Up to you. You can go, you can go. Kaya looks so right, excited I'll go, I'll go. to do this. You got this, you got this. All right, let's, let's say go. we're doing this as a national tour, okay? You're pitching it to a producer who's going to give you a million quid. Let's say three million quid to tour it around with a scale of anything <laughs> and everything you want. All right, 10 seconds okay. to go. Uh, you want this show because it's never been done before. You've never seen it. It's something new. It's going to bring new people to the theatre. It's exciting. It's contemporary. It's young. It's going to sell tickets. You want it. Okay. All um, right. Nithu, you're, you know what? You're turning, you're pitching it to a producer who's going to turn it into a Netflix series. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, you've got 10 I've done before. Yeah, Netflix, you got this. You're talking to the head of division of whatever, whoever it is for streaming platforms for 10 seconds. Go. Four South Asian women, one Pretty Patel audition, skits and stories, refreshing, young, contemporary, already sold out, come and see it. <laughs> I have one technicality on that pitch, which is if it's already sold out, how does one come to check it out? You know what? You know what? I no, know. I don't know what. So do tell. <laughs> we we have been offered. We have been offered some stuff. Yeah. So we've got another matinee that's being sorted out at the moment. We've got our yeah. first matinee. So that's going to be about 50 seats. So that means 50 more people can come. Yeah. Um, and then they did offer us. But There's the something in the works, basically. If anyone are interested yeah. in there, something in the works there. So we'll see what our options are. We'll see what happens. Got it. Got it. Got it. Wait, <laughs> is everybody availability checked for that? Or you need stand-ins? Because I can shave my beard. <laughs> <laughs> You're all right. You can do it with the beard, man. That is true. That is true. You get um, all non-binary actors to play all three parts. <laughs> and that's that's a different play. That's not called brown girl noise. That's called brown binary. Brown, brown people noise. Just brown, <laughs> brown people. people noise. Just brown people. Just brown people. More than anything, how does it feel to be sold out and not to give me a ticket? Because I feel like it's a personal vendetta. <laughs> so Amber, why don't you talk about it first? Why I haven't got a ticket and why this? Because it's called brown girl noise. Because apparently I don't make enough noise and I'm don't identify as brown girl. Um, why? What is happening? Let's talk about that. Uh, firstly you didn't jump on the bandwagon fast enough uh, honestly that's what it was wow wow y'all have sold they out that is fucking epic i know people who are struggling and i don't understand this festival situation that happens all the time where people get like bunched up to always have to do like promo and like fees and things like that but like y'all have sold out and that is fucking fab how does that feel it's really exciting like it's obviously really exciting i guess for kaya it's a it's crazy because this is her debut play and she's so young not again i don't i try not to do that kaya but i mean it in a really like incredible way all of us are so young but like yeah i think that's really exciting i think as a director it's always nice because it means that when when we start rehearsals which is literally next week i know that the work that we're going to be creating in that room wants that people want to listen and people want to watch and this like this is stuff that people have said really clearly that we want to see and we can't wait to see so it's i think it's really reassuring and it reminds you of why you're doing the work you do we all know that fringe theater is really difficult 
especially financially we know that it's inaccessible it's classes people that look like us sound like us talk like us are not in these spaces and so for us to be sold out is a is a reminder and an indication that what we're doing is required in these spaces and and is being really valued so yeah i'm i'm excited i think it's going to fuel us a lot on monday morning when we were knackered um to start <laughs> I think to echo that I feel like also Kaya said this a lot in other podcasts and things I've listened to is just that there is such it just shows and proves that there's such a hunger for this type of work and for these types of stories more importantly like a space for and represent it's just it's about representation is it it's a representation of these people these cultures these stories and yeah I think it's testament to that so it's very exciting absolutely very exciting and I'm sure it does like you know for you need to like takes off the pressure of like yeah are we gonna get people to come and see this for making this thing <laughs> special but is anyone gonna see it and now that worry has that it has gone yeah. and it's now just about making it special and yeah so it's very moving I always forget how much of an accent you have for those of you who do not know Karina and I <laughs> have a connection I swear to God I always forget when you voice note me and shit like that how much of an accent you have I don't I don't think I do but okay is that accent transpiring into the play or are you up yes as that? it should be as as it, should, okay, okay got it just, that was a question I had <laughs> Uh, and does anybody else want to talk about like being sold out a little bit like does that put pressure on you guys to be able to do it I don't I think first it's like like Karina was saying it's like that thing of like I genuinely cannot think of another show like this like it just doesn't exist like there's nothing with just a small South Asian female cast so I think more than anything it's like exciting to just like I don't know to, to be the people to do that and to put it on stage and to like I feel like proud in a way I don't really feel the pressure I just feel more like proud and like excited for I'm excited for the brown people in the room to see it and to feel like oh yeah like I get it and like just have a laugh and have some fun so that's yeah I see it more as like a less pressure more like an exciting thing and I also I think we're so used to seeing trauma on stage and we're so used to feeling emotional and sad and like reflect on all the things that maybe we've been through or the things that we've suffered through and this show is just fun and it's like we're allowed to have fun and we're not we're allowed to go to the theater and just want to have fun and go home and feel happy instead of reflecting on like the the state of the world like it's it's not every day you know we don't always that's not we don't have to we can just go and have some fun like and also it's that idea of like we don't have to it's not something we have to explain like the mm. audience are going to get it and I feel there's a lot of plays especially within South Asian community and industry of like explaining ourselves like this is our culture this is our history this is who we are and this feels like it's not that it's just a celebration of that and just a retelling of pretty much a lot of situations that all of us have experienced and so there's that shared kind of quality there rather than hi guys this is us Amber and Misha, do you guys have anything to add before we move on honestly I feel like most of the bases have been covered May I dive into two things which I'm always intrigued about? So whoever wants to do this as well. One is, how was the audition process? Did they make you guys just self-tape or did they make you guys do improv? Was it a workshop? What was it? How terrifying was it? How non-terrifying was it? Was there not audition because you just knew each other and they were like, you know, it'd be good for you. This person, this person, that person. And the second thing that I'm interested in from Kaya and Nitu is how you guys got together Kaya, how you created the world of the story and how this specific project you versus like everything else that you're in or you've just focused on this one. So yeah, 
who wants to go first in terms of audition process? Misha, always so excited. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, yeah. I was doing absolutely nothing. And I think Kaya posted a tweet and she was looking for some actors and, and a director at the time for an R&D. So I just messaged her and she sent me the script and I love the script. But at the time, I didn't realise that um, Kaya was taking it further onto Camden Fringe. So at that point, it was just an R&D. And then Kaya asked me to self-tape and I think I did two of the monologues. And then, yeah, that's how I got involved. And she said it was going to... Um, be a show as well which was really exciting and I had no idea that that this was going to be so big. Amber? So for me it was uh, very different to that so Kaya and I trained together years ago and hadn't seen each other in a really long time she got in touch with me and was like hey I've got this really cool project I want you to you know take for this so I can show the directors that I think you're cool but I need to prove it to them that you're cool and you can actually do this so um I sent them a tape and luckily they liked it. Here we are. <laughs> How much did you have to tape for? Like, did you just have to do a monologue, Misha said? Yeah, yeah, it was a monologue. Yeah, just a monologue. All right. Karina, you're up. I saw the I saw a message in Bangladesh. Big up Bangladesh connecting us all ways. Hell, that WhatsApp group. <laughs> that fucking um, WhatsApp group. <laughs> one time I looked, I was like, oh shit, there's an opportunity. But I also I was in a space where I just come off a show and I was very hungry to do to do a story where it was really connected to me morally and just like big enough. It was our stories and for a whole South Asian cast crew that was just perfect for me and so I actually just jumped on I was like please can I audition whatever did a a zoom meeting and yeah it was a it was great I think I wasn't nervous because I just really wanted to be a part of it and I kind of did a lot of stalking of these girls so I was like these are cool people (laughs) the story's gonna be good if this is a note before we move on from the actor's perspective do you guys have these conversations in regards to the balance which I have been having with a lot of people of doing South Asian work that is literally just catered to like let's say South Asian diaspora versus just doing a role where you're just doing it like playing I don't know Helen from down the pub do you guys have those conversations as actors with yourself or you like or we all feel like at this age we're more interested in stories and work I think it's something I've been thinking about a lot because I've been working on some other shows at the moment and it's really interesting when you get so many amazing pools of talent I've got this massive spreadsheet of so many South Asian actresses now and it's, it's incredible like varying ages backgrounds accents blah 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 um, ethnicities faiths and it's just so interesting to see how much talent there is and how much sheer like just desperation there is to be to be given a role and I'd like to think that we get to a point where you can just play Helen from down the pub but I don't think as an industry or as a country we're at that point yet where people of color period can can just be themselves or just play a role I don't think we're at that point yet because we're just not seen like that when people cast for roles there's a real you know awareness if you have to be of this category this race this whatever in order to play the role and I think yeah I just don't think our industry is ready for that kind of neutrality yet but I'm really grateful that I'm getting to work with incredible South Asian female artists for South Asian audiences. I think we've had a really long time of there being enough shows that are just not for us. We're not the intended audience and you get used to it where you're not the intended audience and you kind of try and find one or two things where you're like, oh, that kind of connects with me or oh, that makes me feel quite excited. And it's, it's a bit sad, like growing up watching TV, I was there was always like one random South Asian or remotely ethnically ambiguous character. And I'd be like, yeah, 
Selena Gomez has brown hair. I have brown hair too. And it's just like, come on, this is this is so sad. So I'm I think there's a real joy and pride that we should have in like making work by our people for our people or for their people. Yeah, and I, I just want to say that I think um I think this play speaks about it, but I think majority of our experiences is this duality of being in like spaces let's say like white spaces and um, and then battling with your own identity of being South Asian. And I think that then comes into like everything you do in your career. Like I think two things can be true at once. I think you can be really proud of just doing these South Asian roles and South Asian plays for South Asian audiences. And you can also want to exist in other spaces where that doesn't exist and you can be more than just that. Uh, and I think sometimes those worlds also come together, but I, I think two things can be true at once. And definitely when I think we're brilliant at being able to manage that because that has been our existence majority of the time being growing up in this country as a South Asian person. Um, and I don't, I think a lot of our life, sorry, just to keep going. A lot of our life is battling that. I think at least for me, I've spent my whole life trying to battle that and being like, no, I need to be this one version of myself. Like that's how everyone exists. It's not true. So I think you can do both. Actually, just on that, Karina, like I feel like I very much feel and see myself as British South Asian. Really, like it's a very specific category. And like I feel very British. I feel very London because yeah. that's born and bred. And I think I think it's really interesting. Yeah, I completely agree. We can be two things at once and we shouldn't be expected to be anything other than what we want to be. And we should never be expected to do work other than what we want to do, which sounds like a privilege or a luxury, but yeah. a lot of people who don't look like us have had that for their whole lives. So right. I think it's really, really in this industry, though, that when you start to think like, oh, OK, I have to choose which one, like for any role, it's like, cool, am I going to be like, am I going to be? So it feels like Helen, for me, feels like in the current climate that's like casting so that we have an Asian it doesn't really feel like oh I'm just playing Helen it's like oh they needed a brown person cool and then the South Asian characters are like sort of you can get into them a bit more but then it feels especially like Nisi was saying when you feel very like British South Asian like my experiences of having grown up here like I still can't fully relate to that either so it always feels like you're stuck between two I can I don't think with either side's when it comes to roles that are in the industry right now, you can ever fully commit to either one. In terms of the, <clears throat> excuse me, in terms of like in this whole industry, like I've not had a an audition that's not been for a specifically South Asian character in so long. And it's always, I'm always asked to do things that I can never relate to in my kind of, in my own experiences where it's put on an exaggerated accent or kind of play into the stereotypical comic comical aspects of what the general British viewer thinks are South Asian people. And I mean, I mean this is this is the first time I've ever even auditioned for or even been involved with anything that's actually been a realistic depiction of what it is for us middle ground people. Where you know we well, like you said, me too. I'm I'm the same. Very much would class myself as British before anything else. Like, yes, I'm still connected to my culture and my family, but you know, me, I'm I've been here my whole life, and this is my experience of existence. Sort of. So I just think it's one thing that's really nice with Brown Girl Noise is that it's obviously for brown girls, and all of their personalities are so different. Um, you love them and you hate them, and I think it's really refreshing to see that instead of having to go up for these stereotypical same South Asian roles where it's like someone who's shy, someone who's like really smart or nerdy. And I think um, Kai does a really good job of showing that we can be really horrible, we can be really nice, we 
we can be just everything in between and there are so many different types of brown girls and it's nice that we all get to play a brown girl but something just more I don't know something more something more than that can I ask a question as well which is who did you have dramaturgy on this specific work or was it you and Nithu working together to like riff off things pretty much I say Nithu sort of took the took charge in terms of like the dramaturgy of it definitely and then I I say I yeah I was more like just like writing stuff and some of it was terrible and Nita would be there like yeah that's let's not do that that was sort of <laughs> like the vibe of what we were doing Tyler, I don't know, how long did we spend like, dramaturging it like a month or two it was a I month three I'd say what three months yeah it was a while <laughs> it was three months of dramaturgy then we really worked really hard to refine the script to really take out I mean, the the idea of the Preeti Patel stuff came out of an R&D. Like, that was, you know, I did a lot of improvisations and devising in the room, and then that's what kind of landed at the end, and that was amazing. It was so exciting for us. And then Kaya took that away and just worked on it and developed the script. And then, yeah, it was about, it's kind of three months of dramaturgy, and then before that, however much time of you just writing it and getting through X amount of drafts. So, so, so yeah. What- it's been quite collaborative. What has changed then from the R&D, other than the Preeti Patel idea, would you guys say, for you guys? so much <laughs> all right let's name let's name three things Kardash Asians didn't really exist yeah. yeah we we pushed that because that that was like barely an idea and I was like I want to cut it and then we were like no why are we going to cut it I was like I was like yeah I think we cut that section so there's a section where there's the Kardash Asians which are like all these South Asian sisters who don't really know where they're from they're like Afghanistan Iran India Pakistan don't know and and it was really fun in the R&D where we developed it developed it developed it and then we came up with some really stupid improvisations that were just amazing. And Kyle was like, yeah, I think I'm going to cut that section. And we were like, no, no, no. Kardashian Asians needs to stay. And it's a really refreshing and fun take on like, just like meme culture and like contemporary culture. One, the Love Island Seema Auntie stuff, we really pulled that. Yeah, it, it was just, I think it was just, so we did like a dating show where it's like Seema Auntie hosting a dating show. And I, I can't remember where it came from, but someone just mentioned Love Island. And we were like, ah, oh, that's like, and that's my favourite bit now. It's just like this, this Love Island section of Seema Auntie hosting Love Island and what, what that would look like. And it's the best now. I, I literally love where it's gone. Yeah, and then I think it's like one of the like, best parts of the play. Like it's that we're going to get like, that's everyone's going to be laughing at it. Hopefully. <laughs> laughing at it. Wait, who's playing Seema Auntie? In this in this trio, <laughs> yeah. Okay, Amber, you're playing Simon. Who's playing Pretty Patel? You know what? Pretty Patel's absent. Oh, yeah, she is. You don't give her no role. She's not getting a role in this play. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I say that to say I wanted to get to the point. So, if you play Simon, what are the two pop culture or like other reference characters are the two of you playing? We've or the, a, that's a culture, What is this behavior a bit? Okay, <laughs> I don't know why I want that to be Karina. <laughs> Because it low-key is me. <laughs> is it you, actually? Misha, what are you playing, bruv? We're all playing Kardashian. Okay. Um, are you Kim? They have names, though. They have yes. like, yeah. fancy names like Kylinda and like Kieran G. And, um, yeah. I've got names. Why, why don't you Cam. guess who's Can who? I just say, you're giving me very Courtney gender vibes. <laughs> or Courtney-stan, whatever she's going to be called. <laughs> are you a Courtney-stan or not really? Who? 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 Yeah, who? I'm talking about Misha. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I was laughing. I was like, "Oh, they're talking about someone else." Amber's definitely giving me Kim vibes. Slay. That and, is- then, <laughs> and then Karina's definitely, definitely Chloe. And then Nithu. I'm sorry to say this, but Chris. you're Chris. You are literally Chris. <laughs> you and know then- what? I think 
I am Courtney because I like threatened to leave and I'm like, you guys don't care about me, which is exactly what Courtney does. <laughs> you got, not... got such negative energy. I <laughs> have children. I have life. I have I have a job. I'm a mom. I'm a mom. <laughs> and then Kaya, you're giving me what is what is the boyfriend recently called? <laughs> which one? The recent one of Chris's. Courtney. No, what's his name? Corey. Oh. Corey. Yeah, you're giving me Corey yeah. vibes. I want I I want you to be Scott Disick though so can you be like I really think Scott Disick comes in with like good one-liners and shit like that problematic fave I just think he's hilarious I think he's very funny I say that because this is gonna give me games to play later should we get back to talking about the world that y'all have created so let's go back to Kaya yeah I think so sort of we it's it's a weird one because we so there's the four girls, they start in the audition and then the concept is basically that they're, like, that they're like, let's make our own show. Like, let's screw it, let's do our own thing. So then they sort of go on and it's like a mishmash of like the skits and like the meme culture. But it's, then it's also them just like having conversations. And then there's like the heavier moments where we speak about like other stuff. So yeah, it was, I'm not gonna lie, it started a bit of a trauma dump slash comedy. And then through the R&D, I think it became a lot more like meme comedy like it's it's become a lot more uplifting over time i think that's so interesting that you guys are doing that because me feel how you were saying it before as well and karina i've talked about this with you like when you write from your experience or your cultural lived experiences or you write about that there's so much trauma out there and then when you see shows that are made about us on like a west end commercialized space this i'm just i'm searching for joyfulness Mm -hmm. and smart nuanced stories did you guys have that conversation when you guys were creating or you were like let me just take it where it is and also will you guys change the script through the rehearsal process do you think a little bit or it's stampede and that's it I think it will definitely change. I'm like even the cool thing about Fringe is that even after these like four shows, it that it's not even like done. That's not like the the Fringe is sort of like the work in progress. Let's see what hits, what doesn't, and then we can still change things. So yeah, it doesn't feel like fight like the final destination. It feels like cool. Let's see what works, what doesn't, and then we can edit things slightly, change things. Yeah, I think in any rehearsal process, it's always like refreshing. Um, you discover stuff in the room, and I think there's a, there's a lot to play with here. Um, so we'll discover a lot of cool stuff, which might mean that the script changes. And I think whenever a script changes in a rehearsal period, it's always a good thing. So it's actually something I'm really looking forward to. I I want to ask <laughs> one question, which I really wanted to ask every single person. So this is I'm gonna direct it to all of you guys, and then just answer it how you will, which is. Kaya, how do you approach script or storytelling once you've got an idea and how do you create the world? So do you work characters? Do you go by scene by scene? Like, how do you do that? And then as actors or as storytellers, Karina and Misha, how do you guys put yourself in that space? Like, where? what do you guys do? Do you guys do like a song playlist? Do you guys wear specific accessories, drink, Pinterest board? Like, how you know do you unit like what is it that you gets you into that spirit of okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll jump in I think for me it's like it was definitely the characters that came first so I was just it was that point you know when you just like like we were waiting for roles there was like one period of time I think just after COVID where there was like a million roles for brown girls and they just disappeared and I was like you know what screw this I'm just gonna I'm just gonna write up my own I don't care anymore so then the characters came first and then yeah from that it was just like okay what do I want to say let me trauma dump and then I'll fix it later so that was sort of the the vibe I went with when writing it as an actor I think the way that I go into scripts is 
first like I, I really honor the writing and all the clues are always in the text like with my character I'll go through it's the you know uh, what has someone said about you what do you say about other people all of those questions and then as soon as I've kind of dug that out then I will try to create the world through doing things like I've made playlists before uh, to kind of playlists you know what kind of and sometimes I feel like you don't actually have to do all the thing of like the background like write a whole bio like where'd you go to school like who was your friend when you were a child and things like that I think sometimes that doesn't really relate to what you're doing I think the best thing that I uh, for me is to find the clues in the text so say if there's like this was my experience when I was three or like this memory happened to me then I will pad out that memory so that when I come to performing it I have I have like this kind of visceral thing so I'll kind of do the intellectual work like that and then the next step for me is like trying to embody that and like feel that um, physically spiritually emotionally that could be through music could be through like even if I was to play with touch and I don't know whatever but yeah I try to pad out the world that way I think I go through kind of the standard stuff where I read it quite a few times and then I do stuff like uniting and objectives and stuff like that like the questions like Karina as well but then I also really like to I don't know if this is a bit silly but I like to do like character thoughts where I go to each line and kind of write a reaction and it can be silly stuff like what the hell or like just reactions to every line and it gets me into kind of speaking in that way and I like to write diary entries as well and kind of pick up their kind of vocabulary and the way they speak and just make up a random day for them and just see how that pans out. Just to add on that there's also like a thing that I like to do which is similar vibe of like say if there's someone that you're talking about in your life whether it's like your mum or dad sometimes I like to sit down like an imaginary chair and kind of visualize the person in that chair and then I will just like speak to them I think I start off with you know describing what they look like and then you start to go off describing your relationship with them and then you kind of end up having a conversation and seeing what comes out of that in that relationship which then is great informing me when I do the script. Mm. Kaya do you as a writer feel like you needed to research on certain things or you went by intuition because obviously I know we briefly touched on like let's just three things that we touched on like Preeti Patel so that's like a political kind of like bias and biasness in wanting to tell like your story or a perspective of but also serving the story and researching on that or diving into that versus like let's say pop culture where you're talking about like the Kardashians and Seema auntie so like is there a sort of maneuver that you take into that or you kind of just go from your visceral gut feeling and then write through that and you feel like that'll justify everything I think I think for me when I so when I write especially like this is just every time um if I don't really know about something I'll just write from gut instinct so like the whole draft will just be done the first time on just purely like gut what felt right what made sense to me and then the second time I'll go through and then that's when I'm like cool let me add the facts and let me add the perspectives and let me make this make sense I think it's hard because especially when so there isn't anything like this that it that exists so it's hard. I felt this like slight burden of like, OK, cool, I have to write for everyone because people come to this and they'll be like, this is the brown girl experience. This is what we're going to get. Like, this is it. And that's really hard to be like, OK, well, I have to choose and like be careful with what I choose to put on or like show at some point. Just not care. Like this is just let's say four perspectives on different things like politics and race and gender. And some people agree with them. Some people won't. It's, it's hard because we've marketed it as like this is for like the brown girls and I, it's like 
I want everyone to come and feel like oh this made sense to me like I felt this I understood at the same time it's like hard to represent everyone so I did as much as I could try to research so that I was covering as much ground as I could but it again it was hard at some point you just have to be like cool let me trust my gut and choose these specific routes and then some people will get it and some people won't but I think on the whole I hope people will understand and people will get it and people will just resonate with with what we we put on I think they will I hope so have you need to <clears throat> had a conversation in regards to like safeguarding or like the experience of because I'm sure when you have created regardless of if it's going to be joyful or not there will be discussions on like okay how did that scene feel even if it's I'm just paraphrasing into that like having thoughts or conversations after you've done scene work or like playwork and feedback and things like that have you guys had discussions on that and how that will be handled and then do you guys as actors feel like because I felt like this in recently doing R&Ds and in rehearsals as an actor that I have innately just created like gatekeeping of certain things that I will do and I won't do and I feel like as an actor that hasn't served me for the journey that I want to go on that is like a personal thing that I've just created because I'm like I'm not going to go there. I think that's interesting because when I was in drama school I was having the same conversations about you know like you they tell you a lot that you draw from personal experience you do like things like emotional recall and you will go back into an experience you have to allow you to connect with the text and there were some experiences where I was like I don't really want to touch that but then how else do I get into that space for this character and I had a conversation I can't remember who, who it was with and it they said to me that not everything in your life has to be used as your inspiration to you know for whatever it is you're doing like things can be kept sacred for yourself and I think you know if you can within like find another way or sometimes it doesn't have to be so like I'm connecting with my experience you can empathize you can put yourself into the position of that character without having to attach who you are um, and I think as actors uh, there is this like fine line between personal life who you are person like in your world and your artistry and sometimes there does need to be a line drawn because that's when it can get really tricky with you know dealing with your own uh, mental health and your own experiences and we I don't think we're there as an industry yet to have that safeguarding and I think you know I'm, I'm, I'm meeting people and hearing more stories about that moving but we're not quite in the safe space so I think it's important to protect yourself when you need to do yeah I was just gonna say like again from like the actor standpoint I've always I, I always feel weird when we talk about stuff like this because I feel like for me I find it really easy to like compartmentalize so especially when it comes to writing I'm like okay I need to be careful because for me I find it quite easy to be like okay cool let's do that and then I can literally just like chuck it off done like that's I don't care anymore but then I understand that like <laughs> that's slightly abnormal so I think when writing that it's like cool I need to like also be careful because I don't want to be like traumatizing anyone but Nita and I definitely had conversations there's even like a scene in there now that we're like we're not sure if this will end up being in the final thing because we're not sure you know it all depends on how we feel in the rehearsal room and how the general vibe of the play is going so I think we definitely did have to though because especially a play like this it's one of those things that we don't really have to go away and research you just feel what you're saying and you that you just immediately resonate and relate to what's written on the page but then that also makes it easier to for it to stick with you and to, it makes it harder to just leave it in the room because it's your life it's what you deal with on a day-to-day basis so yeah I think that's something that I need to like really good at it and she's really she's on that in terms of making sure that everyone in the room is safe and she's really good with that in terms of directing so 
I feel like we're in safe hands as well. So I don't feel too too worried about that. This script is quite unique in where there's a lot of stuff that you are able to relate to. And I feel like even if you bring it up kind of subconsciously, I, I don't know, I don't, with this, I don't feel as afraid or feel that I have to hold back. I feel like it's it's a good thing in in this sense but there's lots of times where I felt like I can't go to a certain place because I've only as an actor I've been stuck playing this one thing constantly and just like the same type of roles so when I have been asked to do something completely different and whether it's intimacy or whether it's like a a difficult topic I realize that actually I I I haven't been able to do it yet and I think in a sense it is something that I do gatekeep but I think doing stuff like this show more and more it just makes it a bit easier and especially being in a room where um with like with Kaya and you two where they ease into it and they make it a comfortable space can I add something sorry no I think what's (laughs) (laughs) this guy's been trying to silence me from the beginning (laughs) (laughs) listen what I was gonna say was that I feel also what's unique about um this experience being brown girls and sharing these stories is that I think we even within our own community, um, it's quite hard to talk about some of the stuff that we do experience. And I think we don't know how to, I think in just generally in this world, we don't actually know how to handle that. And there is a lack of confidence of speaking up about stuff that you have experienced because you don't know how it's going to be reacted to or how you're going to be made to feel because you said that this was, this is something that's happened to me. So I think it's quite unique in that sense. I don't know. if you know. I think that's so interesting because that's like a lot of things within the South Asian cultural experience, mm. isn't it? And sometimes when like I talk with people who are also not of South Asian descent, that happens so much. And I'm like, it, it, I don't understand why there's so much of this unwaveredness, these tricky waters that we maneuver. Because by like simply having these conversations, agreeing to disagree or just holding the space, reflecting on it and using different vocabulary, I feel like that's how there'll be progression in the community. I feel like this this sensitivity around like what to say or what not to be now and now to embrace it. But I still feel like there's those tempered waters where we're not taking the time to reflect and to include things. And one thing that really resonated, and I just want to reflect off this, Kaya, you said in regards to as much research and as much having, I'm paraphrasing this, including as much brown girl experience or just brown experience into your your world. And I feel like that's such a pressure. That is an immense amount of pressure to be able to put on yourself because there will always be something or someone that you'll be marginalized or marginalizing or like not including and things like that. And somebody coming in to be like, oh shit, she didn't write that you know that could have been done yeah I find that so interesting that as actors as directors as theater makers as storytellers that the balance of all of those things and then also being smart in our storytelling but also then being strategic like calling a play Brangle's Noise versus I don't know calling it Sally (laughs) (laughs) but definitely and there's like this added pressure because we've been those people that so I think for me like when you go see a lot of just like theatre of other cultures that aren't predominantly white that's like you're living through like that's the closest thing you can get to like feeling like oh I understand like I resonate so we already know what it's like to feel like that so then it's even worse because you're like I don't want anyone to come and feel like they didn't quite get that experience like they didn't quite feel it because you're like well that's why I wrote it so like it is this added pressure but then again at the same time I don't know I feel like this is easy to say not being like being involved but I feel like if I just the name of the play (laughs) if I wasn't involved would be like cool like I at least understand that this is for us and like I can it's the same thing as like so I think 
brown boys who will come like obviously they won't be able to fully relate to everything but you still get that experience of like you understand what it's like coming from that perspective so i think yeah we, we've done our best <laughs> Neetu Singhji, this is your <laughs> questions which is what you're looking forward to what you like oh shit about and what do you think brown girls should make a noise about i'm really looking forward to being in a room with people who really want to be there and who are all really excited and fueled because i feel like it's like Kaya's really organized which is incredible so that means that we've like had such build up like we've been you know we've had kind of like countdown we know where we need to be we know what dates we've managed to get really cool rehearsal space like in the new diorama um and stuff like that like proper yeah amazing so I'm actually really looking forward to just having the space to create in terms of oh shit I'm like it's a good oh shit of like what the fuck is going to become of this because I know it's just going to go mad because the amount of interest that we've had the amount of some of the offers that we've had already and like the energy that people are giving and the love that people are giving and just like being on stuff like this right like being asked and invited and and welcomed and things like you know chai with raya like stuff like this really reminds us of how like you know how amazing this could become so that's my that's my big oh shit and now this is going to be a 30 seconds of what brown girls should make a noise about or what you as a brown girl want to, no- to noise about you know what grammatically just it makes sense somewhere in five four three two go I think brown girls should make noise about I don't even know where to start <laughs> brown girls should we have that we have so much to make noise about that I don't even know where to start but I think the big thing about brown girl like brown girls making noise and the things that we need to make noise about is we actually need to start making noise because I think our whole lives we've been told to hold back and I think if we just start if we just start putting people in their place and making our mark and demanding it will really change change things for us so yeah we should start making noise did any of you watch before you music or z, uh, z yes. music back in the do you remember when i used to be chalo or chalo <laughs> la 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 can that be the <laughs> intro of the show please yes <laughs> but like one girl does it <laughs> Like it's like recorded by you all. You know, we'll try it. We'll try it. We'll try it on day one. Yeah, why not? You know what? Why not? I think it'll be funny, but you know what? Screw that shit. It could just be like on repeat as the audience are coming in. Scary. Or like it could be like chalau or chalau la 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 la, and then like a a nice little Bollywood or like. Indian song. The people that get it, get it. Nathan's like, nah, fuck that shit. It's not, it's going to be playing. I'm like, if, anyone, you know what? if anyone's going to be screaming that, I'm going to get you to do it, right? I don't <laughs> have a ticket, bro. I don't have a ticket. We'll sort you out, man. Don't worry. Apparently not. Should I come and do your QLab tech situation? Maybe? <laughs> do you want me to do that? Please. Company, company, you have 15 minutes. This is your 15 minute call. <laughs> y'all have a tech person or y'all don't? We're, yeah, the venue, the venue gives it. Okay, cool. Well, if they fall ill, I'm somewhat okay with QLab. <laughs> Just in case. All right, let's go to Misha, then to Karina, then to Kaya and Amber. All right, Kaya. Okay, looking forward to, I think just like the audience's reaction, like when you're in rehearsals and stuff, it never hits the same until you're in front of people and then you like get that reaction and you can tell that like, okay, phew, like they're, they're with us on this. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh shit, it's probably... Again, it's like the sold out thing. Like, I know I said no pressure earlier, but like, it is that thing of like, okay, this has to be good now. Like, we have to make this a good show. Yeah, so probably that. Kaya, this is your brand gold noise. Three, two, one, go. Cool. Um, I think it's really annoying how we have like the Eurocentric like beauty standards that we have to like fit into and that we have to change to. And then we get it from like the brand side as well. That's really, really fucking annoying because it's like we could never win because they're 
sometimes they cross over, but then you still can't achieve them. So it's just unfair. It's never going to work. And I'm sick of it. And I think that we should all just be like, you know what? We're all hot. It's fine. That's it. That's the end. Brown girls, make noise. Chalau. Chalau. All right, Misha, you're up next. What I'm most looking forward to is being in the rehearsal room with all of all of you guys. Yeah, because I've never been in a rehearsal room like that. And it's quite comfortable. And usually I feel like quite scared and anxious. And I'm looking forward to being feeling free and safe and being able to create with people that I can actually relate to for once. And what I'm oh shit about is... D- the lines because I have a lot of spoken words and I stumble over my words all the time so I am really scared about doing all that poetry you got this yeah. you got this all right <laughs> this is Brangle's noise chillow or chillow la 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 <laughs> Um, I think brown girls make noise about the fact that there is no one way to be a brown girl and there's no levels, there's no perfect way. I don't like the word coconut because I feel like we're all on our own journey and we should help each other, whether it's uh, learning more about a culture or not. And it's okay to not know anything. It's okay to know too much. There's there, there's no limit. There's no, yeah. Oh, I've got eight seconds. Um, <laughs> um Just be a brown. <laughs> I'm sorry. Title of episode: Just be a brown. <laughs> that is it. That is just be good. brown. No, be a brown. Just be oh, brown. I be brown. Just be a brown. I like. It. I like a brown. I be a brown. Just be a brown. A singular brown. <laughs> that is it. Don't be all browns. A singular brown will do. Yes. I think that's that's great episode. Um why not? Um all right, okay. this is Karina Jagpal. <laughs> Say with some emphasis, man. What the hell? Eh, Karina Jagpal. Karina Jagpal. Karina. This is Karina Jagpal. Um what are you looking most forward to? What are you least oh shit about? And then uh, Brown Girls Noise. Go. Okay. I think mine's pretty much the same as everyone else actually. So it's Bring just something being... more to the table. Bring something else to the table. <laughs> You're looking forward to judging everybody's outfits, what they're going to wear I'm for rehearsal. I'm so looking forward to judging everyone's outfits. Like, I don't want to judge you. I will never judge you. I'm not That's a That's a lie. Person. She's a judging queen. <laughs> Stop She's making me judging. out like I'm... But listen, let's come with... Let's just come with some creativity. Actually, no, there we go. I'm looking forward to seeing everyone's creativity and what everyone's what everyone's got to bring to the table that there's no pressure to bring anything at all because that's what being a brown girl's about but at the same time I'm so excited to see listen you started to make me trash it wait 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 your brown girl is not bringing anything to the table is that what you just said (laughs) am I correct no I'm saying it doesn't have to be expectation got it there there's nothing you don't have to if you don't want to do things you don't want to do because girl brown girls always told you gotta do this you gotta do that you gotta bring this you gotta make the best roundest rookies like no mine are crispy burn and square (laughs) (laughs) and they taste good (laughs) but it is okay aside from that it is just it is being in a room and being and being in a space with people that I don't have to perform for in my daily life. I, we can just be, we can exist and we can create. I'm very excited to just create with people. And then one thing, what the thing that I'm scared about, is, is that what it was? I think it is also the reaction from people. I think this is the first time something like this is being done. And I feel like it's what people have to say afterwards. Like, how how is it uh, responded to? That's quite nerve-wracking. This is your 30 seconds of Brangle's noise. Chilla or chilla. 
Um, it's about expectation, loves. Just what I've just said. I feel like brown girls should show, can, like deserve to show up and just be who they are and be who they want to be. And I feel like it's this expectation of who we are. These like meek, docile women who, whatever it is, like we're we're big, we're loud, we're strong, we're strong-minded. We speak up when we're allowed the space to. So give us the space, please. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> A nice little rant that was but do you feel like you're gonna have a nice day now because you've got it off your chest no <laughs> uh, that is actually just boiled up <laughs> in it um all right I'm okay, looking forward to I'm really looking forward to getting into the space like into the theater so we can actually feel it and kind of you know because that will be the our home for our play so it'd be really nice to be in that space I'm really looking forward to that oh shit is the sold out shows like oh shit this has got a slap we need to this needs to be like everything because <laughs> that's too many people <laughs> too many I'd, I'd be fucking lines man like that would be my thing how long is this play 90 minutes the f- yeah fucking lines is where <laughs> i would be regardless of how many years of experience you have i always feel like lines are and then blocking oh my god where you need to be all right your 30 seconds of what brown girls should make a noise about make sure you say that in your sentence go okay Okay, so what i one thing that i think brown girls should make a noise about is honestly i'm not sure how to make a noise about this but it is the kind of expectation of people in general british public who people who assume that we speak poor english and like we'll speak down to us we'll try and over enunciate things because that really pisses me off I'm like I got a fucking a star sorry but but you know like that that really annoys me does that happen I've never actually why am I saying I get it I've never seen that (laughs) this happens to me it happens to my mum my grandparents get and they it pisses them off because my grandparents get it from people who are like born after they moved to London yeah but London is so I, I you know what I'm oblivious to that so I can't speak on that but yeah that's interesting you say that lucky you man well, I'm also not a girl so I, can't speak. I just can't speak on being a brown girl sorry as much as I like would want to join your kitty parties and want to be want to play an auntie for the rest of my life on stage <laughs> just it's not gonna happen Well, everyone, that brings us to the end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed that. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe so you never miss out. And don't forget to rate and comment on whichever platform you're listening this episode on. You can also become a patron and a supporter of the show by subscribing for as small as £5 or as I love saying, $5.50 on Patreon. I will put the information of the artist on the episode and any of the links in the description of this episode. So make sure to check that out. But as of now, I will leave you as I always do. Breathe in and breathe out. <sighs> now I must go, which means now I must go. That is copyrighted and I will sue. <laughs> Until next time, stay curious. <laughs>